You're listening to Good Lad Unscripted with your host. <laughs> Welcome to the Good Lad Unscripted Podcast. I'm Terry Goodlad. Anna is in the tub having a long, well-deserved soak. So Elaine and I have stepped into the studio to do a podcast. The kids are napping. This is one of those times in the day, Elaine, when we actually get to do this without anybody screaming, barking. When you get that I'm 30 minute opening. Yeah. I'm referring, <laughs> referring to the kids and the dogs. Yeah. You really have to grab it when you when you see that yeah, little so window Elaine's joined Elaine's joining me today. Elaine, you, you've relocated back to Las Vegas temporarily. Mm-hmm. You're kind of here most of the time anyway. Well, yeah, that's the thing is a lot of COVID. my work was on the West Coast and I've been here since COVID. So, yeah, yeah. I'm mostly here. Yeah. So how is... Uh, now, Florida, between Florida and Las Vegas, which do you like? I'm going to put you on the spot. Which do you like more and why? Really, I mean, having my family and friends here is what made me miss Las Vegas the most. Mm -hmm. So if everybody left, I don't think I'd actually miss Las Vegas. Right. But the heat is a little easier to take when it's dry than when it's really moist, especially for my hair. That's really all I have to say. And about see, that. I have no hair, so I don't worry about <laughs> because this in it. Florida the scenery is so beautiful. The trees and the the just the lush green. You know, you don't get that here. Everything is desert. You look out at the desert and you feel like you need to drink water. It's just and you probably do. Yeah, you're a little dehydrated, <laughs> so you need to. Drink you're water. always a little dehydrated. Here. <laughs> I'm kind of with you there. I like Florida. I used to travel there so much, and and that was a thing. You know, when when you and I first moved to Las Vegas, we came here. Uh, because it was a great destination, it was you know it was better than living in LA because LA is so expensive and and out here it was a great place. You know we traveled so much, so it was a great place to fly in and out of, and and I loved it. It was when uh, you know Anna and I had kids, and then you know you're trying to do things with your kids, and you know you and I grew up in Canada in Saskatchewan. Uh, I was born in a town that was literally an hour's drive from the town you were born yeah, in. Yeah. In both small towns, we both have a farming heritage in our families, and and like that. And I mean, you ran around and rode your bikes, and you went to the swimming pool. I just there was always something for kids to do: play out in the yard, do some like playing yeah, soccer, anything yeah. that you could think of. And here, here in the heat, just you so can't. Yeah, blistering hot. You can barely go outside with the kids not, you know, complaining how hot it is. So, well, it's just you, can't you, gotta, you, know, you take them to the park, and the thing that is, they'll play, you know. And then you get them home, and you look at their, you know, their eyes, or you know, they're, they're affected by the heat. They're yeah. severely dehydrated. Yeah, and bloodshot, dehydrated. Yeah, and there's just just a limit to what you can do. You can't mm -hmm. walk the dogs during the daytime. You got to go either at night. Like uh, because it's too really hot on the late. sidewalk for exactly. them to walk, literally. It's and so, crazy. so th there's some disadvantages to being here. Mm -hmm. And I think being at the point where I'm at, uh, you know, raising kids, I, I, this isn't really. You want to be at a place where it's just there is just more to do and, and more fun to have on a regular with kids. And I like so I like Las Vegas. I, I I had to make a business trip to LA last week, and and I was driving back, and as I'm getting, you know past baker you know and 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 so that's like an hour mm -hmm. hour and a bit out of vegas you know and uh and i'm looking at the billboards and it's strip clubs <laughs> oh my gosh gambling you know and and when like you that. live here you don't really notice those no, things as you much don't, because that's not even a priority for you but with visitors it is but you notice when you go someplace else and that's not there 
Yeah, it's actually you know I mean? very stark. Every time I'm driving, same thing. I look yeah. at those signs. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's all that they. That's all there is here, according that's to anybody that comes come here to visit. For. Exactly. Yeah. And when that's you not, live here, I, I it's would, a very I, I normal argue city. That's not all there is here, but that's no. All that's there all is. There that's what people come here for. People for. to come for. Yeah. Yeah. They, they don't know what a what a normal life it is here. When you just live here, it has nothing to do with the Las Vegas Strip. We don't even care that it exists when right. we live here. And of course, this is a segue into another conversation and today is i don't know if this is going to be a heavy show usually and i can you and i can cover some topics and still get a few laughs even if they're grim but uh oh i'll um, laugh at you any chance i get but the <laughs> point is is that it's it's heavy but it's 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 real it's real it's a reality check so this week um your brother-in-law i you know even though you and i are no longer married uh he's you know, your brother he's, he's still my brother-in-law he's, like, he's, brother. yeah, he's like one of my closest friends mm -hmm. on the planet uh his father passed away at 93 at 95. 95 95 oh goodness. and uh, and i was having this talk with him and and it was the same thing my grandmother was 97 when she passed your mom was 80, almost 88 yeah 88 mm -hmm. and and the thing is is that you know you'll, you'll tell somebody oh they passed they're well how old are they well you tell them how old they're all oh, good they lived a full long life and yeah they did but it, it it's 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 almost said in a way you know meant to sort of i think i think what it is is people the discomfort of somebody dying you don't know what to say there's nothing you can say that's going to you know uh, circumvent the the mourning process uh but you say something that kind of makes you feel good yeah, it doesn't really because because yeah. like i told dave i said yeah but dave you've never known in your 60 years here you've never known a day without your dad in it and so for 60 years, he's been there and all of a sudden he's gone. It doesn't so, matter if they're 95 or no. 90 when they die. The point is, is that they've been in your life and the reality of their ripe old age, logically people can say, oh my gosh, yeah, they lived a good yeah. long life. But it doesn't take that shock away from your doesn't system. doesn't take away the loss. And you realize the loss and you realize okay, if they're in their 90s and they're dying off and those are our parents, those are our only buffer between us and our mortality, then how We're close right are we? We're right behind them, right? We're right behind them. So there's a whole nother, there's a whole nother realization that really makes you think about, okay, so... Well, my gosh, I'm next. What What am I doing with my life? How am I living my life? What's important right. to me? What do I care about? Like, why am I here? <laughs> like, and that's the thing. Like, like with Dave. Dave's a Christian. I'm a Christian. You're a Christian. Uh, and so Dave is very philosophical about it. You know, he misses his father, but he's happy that his dad is. You know, it's not like John suffered or anything like that. He didn't. He went fairly quickly. It was... No, and the amazing thing about him in particular, which is really unusual at the age of 95, he was not sick. He was no. a very sharp mind. It remind, yeah. reminded me of like George Burns. That guy yeah. never lost his wit. This guy was about the same all the way through, as long as I've just known him. Just without the cigars. Uh, exactly, without the cigars. He was just a very nice... And you have nice... to be old like us to know who George Burns was. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for even bringing that up. Sorry, kids. All you kids. Look them up. Don't know anything. Look it up on your Google. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on your Google. <laughs> but that's the thing is he was so sharp and he, he never lost anything. So it wasn't like you were adjusting to the older version of a parent that you once knew like me. Like my yeah. mother had dementia. So right. the mother that, that passed away was not the mother that I knew. Same she with was, my grandma, right? Right. They were just um, very, very uh, different. different. And whereas John was... And so I was, I was very upset when I heard John pass because to me mm -hmm. he was still, he was still a young old man, you know. Yeah. 
and uh and he's just such a gentle soul and always had a nice warm smile but he's so incredibly intelligent this is oh. this is a guy that was we used to always laugh you know it doesn't take a rocket scientist to do this or this but he's literally a rocket was literally scientist. a rocket scientist he worked for nasa for like 30 years he was right. in space and aeronautics and he was and, in the military he got accolades in the mm -hmm. military he was a very World War special person yeah and he never you would never know this unless one of their kids told you he didn't brag about anything he didn't talk about yeah. anything he downplayed everything he said dave said in his in his um the his facebook post that his dad told him he was a lifeguard yeah and he never told him in france in france never told him what else he but he won uh, uh i think equivalent to the there's a you know there's a medal of honor here right. in the military there's right. uh, i can't remember rush limbaugh just was awarded that but there's a civilian equivalent to that here right. in the u.s while there's in france there's an equivalent and he won that i think it was the legion of merit mm -hmm. Right, and he downplayed yeah. it. Like, and he downplayed he just, it. He said he was a lifeguard, and, he, and 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 in fact, he actually was a lifeguard. But he was also he much, played much a more. tremendous role in the Second World War in France. And like, and and again, to to minimize it and call it, well, yeah, I was a lifeguard there. Well, yeah, that's that like, just shows you how how particularly humble. That's he like was. being the president of the United States and saying, yeah, yeah, and I had a paper route. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I've traveled to a lot of countries and I had a yeah. paper route. Yeah, but no. Uh, again, you know, he was very special. I mean, all of our, your grandmother was very special. All these people are very special in their own way. And then, but now they're gone. And so and, and here we are, I'm closer to 60 than I care to even admit. And I'm you're past 60. way past 60. Whatever dude, 61. 61. <laughs> and it's, it just, it's, it's, it's a stark realization of where we are at and we ask ourselves, okay, where are we going from here? We have a little bit of time to plan this. Let's get mm -hmm. it right. Cause this is it. Well, this, this is the dress thing, rehearsal. like every day now, uh, and not that it wasn't before. Um, I, I think that one of the great benefits of me, me being a cop, uh, it was the amount of death you experience. And every time in my experience, every time you experience death, whether it's yours or one that you witness or something like that, you always evaluate your own mortality. And for me, it's always been a check on, uh, you know, when we lived in Kelowna, I mean, we had so many friends that died. Yeah, young friends too. Young friends. 25 to yeah. 45. Yeah. yeah, there's a whole bunch of people that we lost mm -hmm. when we lived there. And it just makes you think about, okay, what am I doing, you know? And, and, this but is, you always think you're going to have more time to do it. Whatever it is you right. plan on doing, you've got all this time. And then you realize, wait a minute, logically, I don't have a lot of time. No. When I look at, you know, the lifespan of the average person, even you're though I'm one very stomach healthy, ache going to the oh doctor and getting gosh. a diagnosis away from exactly. stage four cancer. Exactly. You know I mean? We don't know what's to come, but I guess the point is, is, I mean, there's a few ways to look at this. And the, while we're talking about this is how are, what, what is our purpose here? now yeah my purpose you know 10 years ago might have been different but what's my purpose now what am i going to do with the rest of my life not only to fulfill my purpose my god-given purpose but also to enjoy the last years of our lives or that retirement years of your lives but also what really stands out to me and i was having a talk with a girlfriend who thinks she's getting older in her 40s like little anna over here and it just i was like you know what i said Here's the deal. If you don't stop obsessing, and we're all in the fitness industry, so you know how right. obsessive people can be. I said, if we do not stop obsessing about our bodies, if we're not that competition weight and we can't see veins in our abs, and if our butt got a little bigger, I said, when are we going to start? 
to embrace ourselves and love ourselves just the way we are. Because you know what? I'm not stepping on stage again. Do you think I'm complaining about how my jeans fit me or I'm a little sloppy, you know, on you, my you legs and my at, butt? My butt got bigger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have had this conversation with Anna. I knew I should have known better. But um, the point no, but is, you're absolutely is when, right. you when evaluate. do we start embracing ourselves and stop complaining? Because I'll tell you what. Okay, I'm 56. Do you think at 66, which again, 10 years goes real fast, right around the corner, do you think I'm going to be complaining about my abdominals mm -hmm. at 66? And so why don't I just embrace what I've got, uh, allow myself to grow older gracefully and just enjoy and take as good a care of my health and my body as I can, but don't stop whining, complaining. We're not we're not just in the fitness industry. We're in the real world. Nobody else cares. Nobody cares. They think they do. We think they're going we to all walk not into approve a gym. or dislike Who us. Who in that gym cares, gives a crap about what I'm doing They're there. focused on exactly. themselves. Exactly. So yeah. I think I think for everybody, I would really recommend just waking up mm -hmm. and just start to embrace and love yourself at every phase and every stage. Because let's face it, most of us can do something about the things we don't like. So just either get on it or stop complaining about it. Mm -hmm. And otherwise, just, you know what? If you went up a size of, in pants, who cares? I'll tell you what, the trail of guys behind you following you don't care because mm -hmm. really we do that for us. Like we have to be Miss Lean Jeans all the time. It's not the truth. Anybody who's interested in us, even in a relationship, would probably like to see a figure on a woman. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what are we trying to prove here? And even though, you know, in our hearts and in, in our whole being, we don't ever feel like we're getting older. We don't ever feel like we put that chapter behind us. I've been in the fitness, I've been in the fitness and beauty industry my whole life. So do I just put it behind me? No, just I still take care of my, put in perspective. Exactly. I, I take good care of my skin. I take good care of my body. I eat as, you know, I eat fairly good most of the time. And if I don't, who cares? But if I'm taking in things unhealthy for me, I should more, be more concerned about how they're affecting my health inside mm -hmm. than how I look on the outside. I've, I've written and delivered two eulogies, two very important eulogies. And, and you know, basically I'm delivering a summary of that person's life. It's an important role. In a meaningful way. And, and in those things, uh, you know, there are, you choose, okay, what are the most, if I was going to define this person by three points, what would they be? And, and, and really that's, that's How it. do we want our eulogy written? Right. Exactly when you're writing somebody else's eulogy and you break it down because you're delivering a 10 minute speech, right? What can I say in 10 minutes that paints a accurate picture of this person that encompasses life. the best parts of 10 that minutes in life oh and goodness. so i look at that and i go okay well it, it's not it, it's my sense of values the things that are my priorities and then how did i spend the time what did i do with the time how did i spend that and i look back and now i've got little kids and I, you know there was before there were so many things in business that i wanted to do and you know, had all these big aspirations and, and, uh, and now I really, I just want to spend time with my kids and I want to enjoy every minute I can get with them and I want to help shape their lives. And, and then along the way, the other thing I want to do is I love telling stories. So it's either through podcasts and having an interesting conversation like this one, or it's with a picture, a video or writing, writing a story, a right? meaningful story. 
it reminds me a lot about a speech you once gave me, and this will put things in perspective as far as what we're talking about is, um, I believe it was one of my first Arnold's or one of my first Olympias. I can't remember which show it was. I think it was the Olympia, mm-hmm. actually. So I was backstage and I was getting ready and I was so nervous and scared to get, to go out there and just do it. I just literally wanted to die or I wanted to fall into a crack somewhere and just be be gone. And you gave me this speech and it literally changed my life and I've changed many other lives because of it. But you just said, you know, Elaine, this is not about you. This is, this is not about you. You're so afraid to get on stage. You want to take that gift away from the people that came in that audience from England, all over the world to, to watch you compete on that stage, to look for an inspiration and a motivation to help them get past their fears and their obstacles and know that if she did it, they can do it. You're here to inspire somebody. You're here to look past those judges' heads and look at that sea of women out there that literally came there to be inspired by you. So get over yourself <laughs> and do something that inspires somebody else. You literally changed my life with that speech. And in that sense, let's, okay, so I was 40, let's just say I was 40 at the time. Well, I'm mm-hmm. 56 now. So how does that apply, Elaine? Get over yourself. This, mm-hmm. st- this still isn't about me. How just because I'm not getting on stage to to inspire somebody right now, I am out here. I am. I am. I come across so many women in well, and men too. Like just in this industry, like I'm there to help somebody, to inspire somebody, to really change somebody's life. How do I walk through every day and go, okay, God, what what do you want me to? Who do you want me to affect today? What can mm-hmm. I do today to make a difference? This isn't about. This isn't about how much what my body and that's fat that is anymore. Heart of service, you know what yeah. I mean. And I think, <clears throat> you know, but it's the same thing. It, this isn't it about is. me. No, and the, and the thing is, is the irony in that statement is, is that when you actually commit yourself to serving others, whether it's your community, your country, your family, whatever it is, when you commit yourself to serve somebody else, the the feeling that it gives you is so much. I've never been able to find an equal or even a close parallel in serving my family. You know what I mean? Uh, And, and I, I, I've been around people that belittle that, you know, like you're above that. You shouldn't do that. You know, getting called Molly made, you know, because you're cleaning or something like that. And, and the thing of it is, is that you, you feel so good serving others, uh, helping others, encouraging others, uh, helping others reach their dreams that it's, for me, it's actually more gratifying and longer lasting. That, that That's something, if you're, okay, here, here's a prime example. You were one of the top IFBB pros uh, back when you were competing. You were one of the top models in the fitness industry in the world then. Uh, three years later, well, here we are more than three years later, but years later, you're standing there doing makeup now for the next generation or mm-hmm. probably two or three generations after. They haven't got a freaking clue who you are. No, until and they so look at my Unless you tell everybody about those those <laughs> right, achievements. Right. And I go back to Dave Hockenberry's dad, to John. And John really underplayed everything because those things had their point in history, but nobody cared anymore about that. Maybe his family would. Right. So why would you diminish yourself saying that my best days were my days behind me? When you're serving somebody else, that never goes away because that person that you lifted up or served you know zach zach wrote to me yesterday now zach was a kid 
when we owned our gym in, in British Columbia in, Col- in Kelowna. Uh, we Zach had half came, a dozen kids his age that worked for us and he was one right, of the many. He was one. He stumbled in one day, he went to apply for a job at a bar. Now what had happened is Zach's mom had contracted cancer when he started high school in grade nine. She passed away and his older sister raised him. Uh, he graduated high school. She went on a vacation on a boating trip. On a boating trip, and somebody started the motor, chopped her leg off. She bled to death in the water. She jumped into the water, got hit by the propeller. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, she passed away, and that was who raised him. And so he had nobody. So he was out in Kelowna. He had a friend's dad, and their family sort of brought him in, but he had really had nobody in the world. He and his dad were not close. Dad was alcoholic, very abusive. Uh, and, and so he stumbled into our gym. We ended up giving him a job. Here we are years later. Zach played. He, now, this was a kid that was <laughs> on drugs and just a mess, right? And what happened is, you know, because of my continuous abuse with him, because <laughs> I rode him like a dime store pony, but that kid turned around from being a kid that got injured that first year in football and when he was feeling better they didn't care if he came back to the next year being player of the week and being one of their star players to getting a scholarship to ubc to go play football winning a national championship at ubc in football getting a degree finishing that degree in calgary went on he trained uh the canadian national rugby team he trained uh, the Canadian version of Special Forces. He was training a lot of those guys. He prepared a handful of guys for Navy SEAL training, and their training, everyone that he trained, pre-trained for Navy SEAL training, went through the whole course. I didn't even know all that part. I oh, just yeah. Knew, like, I knew that you changed his life because you literally did not let him use his life as an excuse to be a failure. Right. And he, you made you made him feel so stupid about taking about smoking weed and sitting on a bench yeah. that he actually got his butt up. Well, I remember he was laying there, he was doing bench presses, you know, and in between sets he was too lazy to get up. And I says, yeah, you know, I see it's good good idea just to lay there. I said because next year when you're playing football, you're going to get knocked on your ass a lot. And I said, you know, now's a good time to practice that laying on your back, staring at the stars. Cause you're going to be spending most of your time on your back next year. You know, the way you train, yeah. you train like a pussy, you know? Yeah. And that's the way I would talk to this kid. Right. So he get humiliated. Then he went, well, he ended up being like, this guy is just a stud athlete. And to this, and day, now he, he trains people the same kind yes, of way, yes. but he's getting am- like, he's people that have got, you know, been written off with disabilities that we're told they would never be able to stand, let alone walk. And he's running down the back and forth on the floor of the gym with these oh, people. Wow. And like, he's changing lives. And, and so I look at that now he wrote me yesterday. He just proposed to his girlfriend. Oh, he did. Okay. He proposed to her okay. and he gave her his sister's ring. Mm. That, uh, like, and, and so that was the, and he wrote and, you know, he still calls me dad, you know, and now Zach is sneaking up on 50, you know, he's, he's in his forties. Uh, he's in his forties. I think he's, he's around Anna's he's age, probably around, yeah. mid forties, yeah. but, but that's the thing. And so I put that time into that kid back then and that, that never goes away. No. You see what I mean? And there are numerous Scott of Tallman, those. Yes. You know, there, there's just so them, many. They, right? they will never forget what who you were in their life when you need when they needed it the most, and a lot of them were missing a parent, and you became a surrogate father to a lot of people. That was your but role. But you get older, mm-hmm. and I'm looking back now, and I think of... I think of the businesses I've had. I think of the jobs I've had. I think of the achievements I've made, uh, powerlifting records, all that kind of stuff. And 
The only thing that the means only anything thing that is means the lives anything that you've to changed. me. Yes, exactly. Well, that, that's your purpose. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what I think. You know, if we can get off of, you know, money is necessary, but it's not the answer to everything. And power is is can you can do things with power, but it's not. You know, you, it can you can be a slave to it too. And the thing of it is, is serving. You're never a slave to serving. That's the irony. I mean, it is ironic. Service isn't is a it? gift. Mm-hmm. It's a gift that you can give somebody. Yeah. Um, but the thing, I, I think that's the biggest. Uh, that's and, my point. And if you just do that, set yourself aside and sacrifice, if it, as it were, sacrifice mm-hmm. yourself to service and to do what you're meant to do on this planet, mm-hmm. you'll always be taken care of. The money will come. You'll have a it's place to live. It's you know, you always have a way to make. Yeah, we believe God's t- God takes care exactly. of us, right? Because He's you know He promises that in the Bible, and and He has and does. But but I look at I look at this, and 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 the thing that I will be most proud of when I draw my last breath is the the time that I invested. You know, it's when I write a story and somebody writes me privately and tells me how it impacted them or what it meant to them, you know, or, or somebody like Zach, you know, and, and Tolly and Kenny and Terrence and yep, all those kids, all right? those guys. And yeah, I, I'm and, the same, even, even with my job today, cause I am doing makeup. I have, well, that's what you do in all day long. Everybody 30 minutes. You're like your psychologist. And you know what? I, I don't remember a lot of their names. Mm-hmm. I, I, what, what I do remember as soon as they email me or text me or they're sitting in my chair, once again, they go, thank you so much. That last talk changed my life. I'm like, Oh, okay. So what did we talk about? (laughs) Because I do it all day Mm -hmm. with each and every girl for 30 minutes. What a blessing. Like, you know, I I could easily move on and and not do this anymore and go Mm -hmm. do something else or retire eventually or whatever. But my point is, is that my job gives me a part of that mission where I just keep on going and inspiring Mm -hmm. young women. And because I've been there, done that in so many ways in this field, I'm still in the fitness industry, I'm still in the beauty industry, and I still get to minister to women every day that I'm at work. And it's to me, it's a blessing. And when I get, like you say, you get that text or that email and somebody says, you know, I just want to tell you how much I appreciated that you mm-hmm. took the time to talk to me. If, if we're not about that, what yeah. are we really here for? Yeah. And that's my, and that's when you watch, like my mother passed away last year, your grandmother passed away before that. And now to watch Dave's dad pass away, we just realized, okay, we are coming into those those golden years <laughs> that we need to really embrace what we were meant to here to do. And I guess it's, I guess I wish that I was more aware back in, you know, back then when we took all those kids in, we just did what we felt was right, mm-hmm. but we didn't think about that being truly our mission till- I had no idea it would end no, up being what it here was. Here you are today, Terry, and you're getting emails from from these boys that you practically raised, and you didn't realize that was your mission. That's what you come by most honestly, you'll be the most successful at. Mm-hmm. And I think we've become very successful with that servant's heart to do what God wants us to do in people's lives. And I think that's the most important thing we could I, ever do. I think do. it's a, a heavily maligned thing, endeavor to, to serve, because you, you, you're always looked upon, you know, we celebrate, you know, professional athletes, you know, and we look to them as heroes and we sort of, you know, we encourage, I mean, some people encourage their kids to look up to a baseball player, you know, and, and then I look at, you know, and I think everybody right now homeschooling their kids will identify with this. Mm. I would guarantee you almost across the board, 100% 
there are people out there going, okay, I will never say sh- the stuff I said about or to my kid's teacher ever again. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you look at become, teachers, yeah, people that want to be teachers, teaching. people that want to be nurses, mm-hmm. people that want to be servers, people that, you know, people that choose to serve, police officers, paramedics, firefighters, military, you know, those people that choose to serve, that is a, a deeply gratifying thing, but it's also a very misunderstood thing, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I think it never gets the proper credit, but, uh, and because of that, I think a lot of people just don't see it as something that's going to be that gratifying, but trust me, just, just choose once, just pick one person and just go the extra mile for that person. Is getting the gratitude what you're really looking for, or is it the fact that you're changing lives what you're really looking for? Because which is honestly, gratitude. Well, well, you that's that's all the gratitude. Yeah. that's all the gratitude you need. Really, I yeah. mean, I, you know, it's one thing to get a huge paycheck for doing something, but to me, um, that outweighs any paycheck I could ever yeah. get. Because honestly, I think there are two mindsets, and I call them builders, people that build things and parasites, people that draw things off of things that somebody else built. And and I think if we look in our lives, we look in our communities, we look in business, we look in the world, you know, uh, people that built great things and then look at people that just siphon off everything they can from that. And, and the problem is, is if you're not in the business of building, um, there's going to be nothing there for the next generation and your legacy really is nothing. And so you can be here and drive around in a nice car and wear nice clothes and do all those things that have power, have all that stuff. But if you're not contributing to life here, if you're not investing into somebody else and making somebody else better, you really haven't achieved much. You know, they're not going to bury you in your car unless you want to pay for that, I suppose. But at the end, what's your, you, I, I, this is what I think I'd want to leave it with is in the end, what is your you write your own eulogy and ask yourself if this is write your 10 minute speech and is this 10 minutes the 10 minutes i want it to be enough said thank you for listening be back very soon i'm going to start doing podcasts again we uh, kind of hit a flat spot here but i'm going to start doing regular again thanks for listening good lad unscripted good lad unscripted.com is the website we've got vlogs there stories and a whole lot more coming thanks very much for listening black bean coffee blackbean.coffee and blessedbodywear.com